0: Dressing Room Podcast for Xenobody Macy's. What's
1: up for you? Hey, Eva, you looking good as always. That's you, that's you, sis. That's (laughs) you,
2: came
0: through this week, but you always come through.
1: Speaking of coming
0: through, we have someone very special coming through today. I'm very excited. A special guest, Dr. Uche Blackstock, who wrote about walking away from her career and her marriage. Now, Lord, I want to talk about that Mm. because that is not an easy feat at all. No. Speaking of things that are not easy, Will Smith says that there has never, be clear, never been infidelity in his marriage.
1: Hmm. Uh, Must be two Will Smiths. Now, an article on XO Nicole (laughs) (laughs) talks about how she ended up in a seven-year situationship. Ugh, those are messy. And as always, it goes down in my DMs. We got some easy ones this week. Some ridiculous ones, I should say. And for the final question to undress, this happened. (laughs) Look at your face. Anything that (laughs) makes you go like that, (laughs) that's a cougar. I'm so mad. (laughs) Yep, so it's going down. Make sure you listen to hear how we undress this mess. On the Undress Room podcast brought to you by Macy's. And speaking of Macy's, there's some spring fashion trends that we got to get into because the new season yes. brings new trends. You know what I'm talking about? You got to bring the personality like you got today. You got yes. the personality, nice and bright for the spring. Embrace always classy, never pretentious looks from Prep Masters, like Polo Ralph Lauren. That's exactly what you have on. I told you. Look at that. You was ahead of the trend, I like that. Now, find the perfect rugby sweater or varsity jacket that'll show off your personality at Macy's.com slash own your style. And you can look like a model like Eva, cause she got the polo on, so she's rocking that too. So when you're at Macy's as a star reward member, You'll earn rewards on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Just head over to slash <laughs> star rewards to learn more. Eva, what we got? Coming I told up next? you
0: it's the star <laughs> rewards for me. I'm telling you, like, deals are already dope, the prices are unbeatable, and mm. then the star rewards. And then don't get the, the, the bonus money. Down. Oh, Lord, don't get me started with Macy's and listen because they, they give me everything I need now. I am super duper excited. Now, we have a scholar amongst us today, Dr. Uche Blackstock. She is a physician, okay? And she's a yes. thought leader on bias and racism in healthcare. Now, I can go on for days and days as a mother talking about how different it is for black women and women that are not black when it comes right. to health care. So Dr. Blackstock founded Advancing Health Equity back in 2019 with the goal of partnering with healthcare organizations and to close the gap in racial health inequities. Dr. Blackstock received both Her undergraduate and her medical degree from the one and only prestigious Harvard. Hello, doc. Hey. Hi.
3: Thank you for having me. We
0: heard that you recently panned an article in Essence Magazine, and girl, that article had everybody talking. So let's talk about it. You had the life that you thought you wanted, all boxes checked, wife, mother, career, all of that. But it wasn't enough. So how did this article come about and what, what what made you find the courage to even tell your story?
3: It took a lot out of me just to even tell the story, but I just knew that there's so many women out there that could relate because of conversations yeah. I had even with my own girlfriends about it. And I said, why don't more people talk about this? The fact was is that people would have looked at me, my career, my family, and said, they're perfect. And people right. we would be on vacation together. And people would say, you, are the, you have the perfect family, but I would also feel so empty inside because I felt torn, like I couldn't, I couldn't be my full self. And what I mean by that is that we are so many different roles, right? We are wife, mother, sister, friend. And I think that for black women, often we're not able to fully express ourselves in those roles.
1: So what gave you the courage to just come out and speak out about this and to really also share your story? Because you not only did you speak out in your field, but you spoke out about your own personal life. What gave you the courage to do that?
3: What gave me the courage was just, you know, having the time to process everything. It had been two years since I left my career in academic medicine and I had started my company. And then also it had been about a year since I divorced. And so Mm. I had done the the healing that you need to do. I had been seeing, you know, talking to my therapist twice a month, talking to my girlfriends. And I felt that, especially when 2022 started, I almost felt renewed. Mm. I felt like I wanted to sort of redefine who I was. And so part of that was also acknowledging that I had been through these traumas, these traumas of, you know, having a marriage that ended and also having a career transition as well. But I also wanted to share with people that you can bounce back from that. You can go through the hard times, but you can create a life for yourself. And I feel like that's the life I'm living now that I always wanted for myself.
0: So let's talk about that bounce back. And a lot of that has to do with mental health. You know, it's one of those things that we're talking about a lot more um, in the community and amongst us as, as Black people. But mental health is something that culturally is something we don't really talk about. We definitely don't deal with it. And I read in your article that you, you know, saw that your mental health was starting to be a bit challenged and you felt a little bit concerned. So what were the signs and what did you do?
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I think also Sometimes we are, one, scared to ask for help, and then, mm. two, sometimes we just don't have that help around us. And mm-hmm. so what I recognize is I was, you know, going through my career, it was very intense. There were a lot of expectations of you, but I was also in an unsupportive work environment. And so going to work, I often felt very anxious. I felt very tense. I felt like I had to watch what I said at work that I wasn't free to say what was on my mind, especially as a Black woman and and witnessing racism and sexism in the workplace and not being able to speak up about it, having to internalize that, that causes harm to us. And then in my marriage also, you know, my ex-husband and I are different types of communicators. I like to talk about everything. If something is, if there's conflict, I like Mm -hmm. to talk it out. He is the opposite, right? And so I noticed that I was just anxious, both at home and at work, I was losing weight. When I look back at pictures of myself during that time, I could barely recognize myself.
1: Oh, my God.
3: And so but I'm so thankful that I had my therapist, um, who I was seeing every two weeks. And I have to say that obviously, we want therapy, therapy should be an option for everyone, right? It shouldn't be something that only Mm. certain people can afford. I think also, we need more Black therapists because there's something about having a therapist that understands your own lived experience in this mm. country, right? That, that, that understanding, I think, makes the process even healthier and more productive for us.
1: So what were some of your struggles as a Black woman in the medical field? Because you talk
3: about it a lot, but, you know, can you just yeah. uh, share some of your sure. experiences? One thing that happened was I, was I was handpicked and appointed to a diversity role in in this me- in the medical school. So I was so excited because I had been doing diversity work for a long time. I care deeply that we are represented among Black physicians and healthcare professionals. So I was doing that work. And finally, I, got, I thought I got recognized for it. I was appointed to a leadership position within the school. And so well, what I recognized is when I would put forth an idea, it got basically swatted down. And what I realized mm. over the first few months of having this role was that they just picked me to be a figurehead. They actually didn't think that I was going to do the work or that I wanted to do the work. So they, they basically got me wrong. Uh, and and what I saw from that was that they really didn't care about these issues. They didn't care about diversity. They didn't care about inclusion. They thought mm-hmm. they were putting someone in the role that was just going to basically sit there, right? And look like stuff was getting done, but it really wasn't getting done. Mm. And, th- and then when I started speaking up about that, I became a threat.
1: Wow. And I think wow. that's something that happens to
3: us in a lot of organizations, not just medical schools, not just academics, but in a lot of different organizations. It's like they bring you in because, oh, OK, they, they seem, you know, you know, they seem qualified in this and that. But then once you start mm-hmm. giving your opinion and sharing your perspective, then you're considered a threat. So did they try to push you out after they seen that you were like you had these ideas and things of that mm-hmm. nature? Yes, exactly. They, they tried to silence me and muzzle me. And I said, you know what? And especially after I had my kids, I just became so focused because I know it's my job to create a better world for them. And I also, I have to stand up for myself. And I, so I said to myself, yep. I cannot stay in this environment. This right. is untenable. And so what, oh. as I was going through that experience at work, I actually said, you know what? I'm, I am really good at doing diversity, equity, inclusion work. I'm going to start my own company. So I said, let and me do this as, nice. a, as a side hustle. So I started my company while I was still there as a as a side hustle.
2: <laughs> nice.
3: Yes, and and so when I ended up leaving, I said I'm going to leave to focus on my company and grow my company, and that's what I've done over the last two years.
1: Wow,
3: stepping out on that
0: kind of faith takes a lot of faith. It takes a lot of belief in yourself. So I want to talk about. You know, cutting off what society has to say and what society thinks, especially when you are fortunate to go and be as educated as you are at a university like Harvard and have such a great job and decide to say, you know what, this is not for me. And I'm going to do something that falls more in line with what I'm called to do.
3: What do you say to those people out there in the world that oh. are looking at you like you have to it? I say you have to do it because one, I always say you take a leap of faith but a leap of faith in yourself, right? If you don't believe in yourself, Hmm. who else is going to believe in yourself? But I will say that people people have looked at me and said, oh, here's this Harvard educated physician. She's having problems at work. She wants to leave her job. Hmm. And so what I say to that is we all are in environments that put us down, that don't value us and don't appreciate us, right? And so we have to recognize that, but recognize the power that we do have. We we have so many gifts Hmm. to share. But I had gotten to a point when I was at my old job that, I actually thought I was stuck. Can you believe that? Like, I almost, I almost want to cry thinking about that. I thought I didn't have any other options. But that's how, wow. you know, workplaces can wear us down like that. Yeah. And so I always want to remind people that we have to believe so much in, our, in ourselves. We have to surround ourselves by friends, loved ones who also believe in us and believe in the passion that we have for what, whatever it is, whatever the purpose we feel like yeah. we have. And so that's what I learned from that. So take a leap of faith in yourself as well.
1: And you walked away from this marriage that you felt like was also another thing that was holding you back. I know that had to be a hard situation to do, but how did you feel after it was finally done and y'all were able to move forward as co-parenting?
3: I know. I have to say I felt liberated because I would say that for us, I think after we had children, the dynamics shifted a bit because I think... Once the kids come, there is this expectation. I think sometimes for some men that women will do things differently, prioritize things differently. And I said to myself, "Well, when you met me, I I was a full physician. That's right. <laughs> um, you you knew who I was. I was purpose driven. I was passionate. And so." you know, even though we had children, there's still a part of me that wants to be more than a wife and a mother, I still care very much, not just about my career, but what I do with my career, the right. difference I want to make yeah. with my career. And I didn't feel like I had space to do that in my marriage. And so I think there can be wonderful, healthy marriages. But I think that each person in the marriage needs to give the other that space to be to be truly who they are.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Yes. So, have you found someone that allows you to be truly who you are? Have you jumped back out into the dating scene yet, or are you, you know, taking it slow? Where are you at with it, doc?
3: No, I mean, I mean, definitely, I, um, right now, I'm not looking to get married again because <laughs> we'll, we'll you're cute. I happened. can hook you
0: up with a few of my husband's <laughs> friends,
3: but, but, but no, I'm very open about it, very, very open. I think also for so long, I was on this track from medical school, just like working, training, residency, fellowship, that I never really had a lot of time just to enjoy myself. So right now, I just want to enjoy mm. myself, you know, meet, meet some cuties, and just yeah, enjoy life. And I'm crazy. or you have a twin sister? I do. I do. And
1: have is a it sister. is it like competitive with you and her? Because now you have the you you're a doctor, a mom. You know, you got your, your two kids, and you got your business.
3: Is she competing with you yes. a little bit, like a friendly competition? Okay. So so you're gonna think this is kind of crazy, but she this... is all, all the same. She has she's a she's a doctor. She has her own business. She has <laughs> she has a child. She, yeah, she's she's also fired. Yes, I know. What school does she go to? She went to Harvard with me.
0: <laughs> so, 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 I'm not doing this. So,
3: so, so there what? Is, is no, there's no competition. <laughs> there doesn't amazing.
0: have to be. You guys are the same I and know, different, basically. but the same. <laughs> yeah,
1: that is amazing. Oh
3: my wow. goodness. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm like in so, shock right
3: now. I wasn't expecting I, that. You. <laughs> you. That's why when what you, you had chances, it, I was I was giggling because I was like, oh <laughs> they're, they're going to laugh at hearing this. Oh
1: my god. Well, your mother and father did something right. God bless them. Yeah, they,
3: <laughs> absolutely they, did something yeah. right. So tell us about your business. Yes. Oh, so, okay, so my business, basically my business, I started it because that's the kind of work that I wanted to do at my old job, but I couldn't. So essentially advancing health equity, we're a equity, health equity consulting firm. We partner with healthcare organizations. It could be medical schools, hospital systems, um, health startup companies. We work with them to develop um, a racially equitable work environment. We help them figure out how to deliver Ooh. equitable care to Black people. Black patients and patients of color. So that, because we know that racial health inequities are a huge issue in this country. We know that, you know, Black women are three to four times more likely to die than white women from pregnancy related complications. And, you know, black, Black men have the shortest life expectancy. So basically are working with these organizations so they can provide better care to our communities. And what has the pandemic
0: showed you about inequity when it comes to medical care, considering that medical issues have, I mean, quadrupled 10,000 times over during this pandemic? What do you see?
3: So the pandemic has exposed everything that was it was, it was there to begin with and has worsened it. And so mm. what we're seeing is patients experiencing bias when they try to seek health care, people without insurance are unable to even get quality health care. There are things called the social determinants of health, like housing, transportation, education. We see how that also impacts the health of our communities, and it's all just worsened mm. in the pandemic. So that's, that's why I think it brings even more urgency to the work that I do. And my twin sister, also her company, Health Justice, Also does similar work, working with healthcare organizations. Wow.
1: Now, last week, uh, there was somebody that went viral. I'm not going to speak her name on here. But she went viral after somebody asked her, you know, what advice would you give to women, you know, uh, in the work field? And she said, get your ass up and work. Now, I I feel like somebody like you, who we can really respect, who's really done it from the bottom up, who's really put that work in, who there's no excuses, right? And not once did we hear you say it was hard or I didn't, you know what I mean? You just keep moving forward. What advice would you give to women right now in the workforce?
3: Yeah, no, I, I would say that we have to one, advocate for ourselves always. You know, we, we should be negotiating our pay, negotiating our salaries, because we know we make 64 cents to what, you know, to the dollar that, that white men make. I think also we have to think about what does success look like? It may not be within these these traditional companies. We may have to go out on our own. So, for example, we talk about the great resignation during the pandemic. People are leaving their jobs. Yes. For Black for black women, one of, one of my actually um, very good friends uses the term the great emancipation that this may be a time for us to be thinking about going off on our own independently and starting our own businesses. So I think entrepreneurship for Black women is the path for liberation, financial liberation, especially. So I think, we, and we can think about coming together, pulling our resources to make that happen. Thank you so this, much. I mean, yeah, it's one
0: thing for <laughs> you to read self-help books. It's one thing for you to hear about someone, and then it's different to see you. You yeah. look like me. You look like my family. You're exactly. tangible. You are, and it, there's so much beauty in being able to see success like you right in front of us.
1: Right.
3: Thank you. We commend you for all that you
0: do. How can people find out more about your company and more about the things that you and your sister are doing? Like, how could we follow you on social?
3: On Instagram, it's my first name, last name. So U-C-H-E, Blackstock, B-L-A-C-K-S-T-O-C-K-M-D. So that's my Instagram. And then Uche underscore Blackstock on Twitter. Um, And my company is www.AdvancingHealthEquity.com.
1: We thank you for everything you do. All your great advice and and everything. And your article
3: was amazing. How'd you get with Essence? When I was writing the piece, I said, I want it to be an Essence. When you start taking that leap of faith in yourself, you just know, and, and, you're in, and you're in alignment, you know that everything will work out. And so we wow. sent it to them, and literally they're like, we love it. We, we, we want to publish it. They didn't make any changes. Amazing.
0: Oh, we just want to touch the hem of your garment, Doc, because you
3: got something <laughs> special. That is Black
0: Girl Magic, baby. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming and stopping by the Undressing Room podcast and getting undressed with us today. We appreciate you. And please, please come back because this is not the end of, of our conversations. With thank you, Nor is me. this your last article. No, it's not. No, it's not. Okay, thank you. Bye. Oh my so goodness. Ooh, good. so Blackstock. Good. Give it up. Listen, you know when little Wayne Ooh. was like, um, she a lady boss. That's what a that's a lady boss right that there. That was that right that's there. What there I'm she talking go, right about. there. <laughs> there, she, there she go
1: there she, there go, right she
0: there. go listen I'm so okay. here okay now there are a few other things we have to undress this week um L'Oreal <laughs> that was nice and it was cute but there was some drama in the, uh, the week too and your boy Will Smith is uh, in oh, you know, what's going you on you know
1: we gotta get to the messy part of things we can't just leave yes. it all great <laughs> okay now, now on to this. Will So Will Smith said there's never been infidelity in his marriage. He must have been talking about another marriage because the marriage, we know, there was an entanglement. Either way, Will Smith recently sat down with Gayle King. He revealed there's never, and I repeat, never been infidelity. Now, Gayle looks stunned just like Eva looks right now, a little stunned. And some viewers were confused as well, especially after seeing Jada with the entanglement with August. Entanglement. What August? Remember that song. Anyway, <laughs> well, many said in the comments that people misunderstood what Will was saying technically infidelity means that there isn't permission or communication involved. Now that's many what people, I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. So many believe that will and Jada are in an open relationship. We've been hearing this for years. They've said that they communicate whoever they mess with or deal with as long as both parties are aware. Now that is not considered infidelity, even if he is 26 years old, but what do you think about the Smiths continuing to talk about their relationship? Uh, but not sharing the full scope because I feel like they're hand feeding it to us. And I'm pretty sure if it was up to them, they wouldn't have told us nothing about no entanglement.
0: No, they wouldn't because it's not our business. Now I had to do a little research and go to Webster's dictionary child and find out what they said infidelity (laughs) meant, because I guess what I thought it meant and what they think it meant is different. So infidelity is an action or state of being unfaithful to a spouse or other sexual partner. The operative um, word in that is unfaithful. And the unfaithfulness has to do with what people know. So if we are in an open relationship or if I'm in a situation where it's like, hey, you can, you know, guys like girls have girlfriends. It's like, hey, that's your girlfriend. That's he has not infidelity because that has been allowed. And so I think one of the reasons Will spoke up, and I'm not mad that he actually did say this, is because everybody got something to say. With what did come out, with what Jada did say and did the Red Table Talks and what August has put up, and it's out there. But I think like Laverne Cox on the red carpet asking Will um, information or, you know, to further elaborate about this situation, it's like, look, we're good. We are not unhappy at all. What happened happened. It wasn't even considered infidelity, if you ask us, because we do what we want to do. So I just don't understand what people's infatuation is with what goes on behind their closed doors.
1: Well, I think if that's what they said to us, then that would be what it was. Like, If his reply was instead, I don't understand why y'all so infatuated with it. Whatever y'all know is what y'all know, and that's all we care to share. That, to me, would be even better. But I think the fact that you're acting like you're being an open book and that you're only giving me the introduction is like, stop playing with me. Y'all gotta open me- you ain't got to tell me who you dating or nothing like that. But just But keep see it an open it. book is
0: still only what's inside of the book. Sometimes you read a book like coldest Winter Ever such a Soldier, and then when a book is open.
2: McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy, juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
0: You want some more? Because what's in the book is, that's what I have for you. The rest of it is up to your imagination or it's not that's it's not, not on the true. table.
1: You we're gonna hear the rest when the NDA, the people that didn't sign NDAs come out and tell us more. Cause you wouldn't know. Oh no told one them. didn't and, sign an NDA. You said no one signed an NDA. There, there
0: was no one that did not sign an NDA. Oh, Don't yeah. worry. Oh, that person I, does
1: not exist. That's funny because what happened with August then? Cause he's he came along well after they were Will and Jada. That wasn't no back in the day thing. Yeah. I just so you know, think that I, I was a little messy. So that alone, them being that messy with that, like we already know that Will goes on vacation with his ex-wife all the time. Like we know that Jimmy Do is we not know that there. though? Yeah, you don't remember they talked about it.
0: Yeah, but it don't seem like it's like an annual, hey, it's July, get your bathing suit, let's not, go on a trip. I hey, mean, it's, it's not, July, like,
1: but they went places together without Jada. Yeah, and because they
0: have kids, they have a child together, so it's understandable no, that they we. would creep.
1: Family trip, like, what are you talking but about? But I'm saying...
0: It's one thing to maintain a relationship, considering that you're always going to be there. So maybe on a couple of the trips, she was there. But it's not like they just all like, hey, it's a free for all. Everybody come something. play.
1: Those happy birthday posts that they be put into each other seems like they still in love and all kinds. Of, I don't know. Listen, it's the I'm Tupac tired. one for me. I'm tired of it. You know, I'm tired of it. Like I know he got to be tired of it. I've been tired of it. I'm like, girl, if this girl say tired of it, <laughs> if you put that poem up one more time, sis, it's really gonna be so, a red table. No I'm joking.
0: Exactly. So basically, if we want to just reduce and boil this whole story down, it's all confusion due it's to technicality. Because
1: she didn't put her, she did put the whammy down on the wrong kid, and now he done damn, told damn, all damn. they business. Damn. If it wasn't uh-huh. for him, Eva, though, it still would have just been rumors and gossip that they had an open
0: relationship. He's personally whack for that because what did he
1: gain? <laughs> I mean, we talking about him. We wasn't talking about him before. Oh yeah, but you—you you
0: mean you—you you gained the whole world for the price of your soul, though. I mean, it's like it's Lauren Hill lyrics right now.
1: Oh, let's I mean, be clear. He's racking up on the award. He just got his first SAG award. He just got an Image Award. He's gotten all kind of awards for playing August um, Alcina? No, 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 no. I'm talking about Will Smith. Will Smith is is backing up uh, for playing um, uh, Serena and Venus' father, King Richard. Richard. King Richard. And August is lucky. Let's just talk about it. And Will Smith
0: is long overdue because this man has made project after project after project from uh, Ali. The man is an amazing actor and does not get the credit that he deserves.
1: I can't believe he didn't exactly. have these awards. Is this exactly
2: almost
0: so? I just want him to enjoy his awards. I want us to enjoy it with him and leave whatever that man does in his personal life with the wife that he decided to get married to
1: before God. Leave them alone. Anytime I ever what? heard something about them, it's always Jada's partner that's running their mouth. I'll tell you that much. I ain't heard many uh, words,
0: well, move, move, yeah. move on. You are listening to The Undressing Room Podcast. And it is presented by Macy's. <laughs> now, do yourself a favor. Go over and follow our personal Macy's shopping page at macys.com slash The Undressing Room. What else is going on, L'Oreal? All
1: right. So a woman is explaining her seven-year situationship. Now, a recent article on XO, Nicole was making its rounds on Facebook Elizabeth Dehan wrote about a situationship turned into seven years with no title. What the hell was this lady doing? It's called common law in some States. (laughs) She was married. (laughs) (laughs) Now he just didn't agree. Now it was the moment he said, if I'm going to marry anyone, it would be her, which led her to doing a lot of self reflection months later, not immediately. Now they felt safe with each other. And at one point, he was dating two women. She created another person in her head and ended up falling in love with the idea of him. Now she constantly felt, what's wrong with me? What can I do differently? What did this woman have that I didn't? He always gave just enough hope to make me believe that one day he would suddenly realize how amazing I was and pick me. She was the pick me girl. Since he never explicitly said, I will never be with you. It took her a while to figure out that he didn't want to be with her on that level. She lied to him and said she didn't want anything serious to make him feel better. But she secretly wanted him to want her on the level that she truly wanted him. Now, After seven years, she decided to leave him alone. And Elizabeth ended up blocking him. So eventually he couldn't slide back into her life. Now, uh, she ended the article with, my bed might be empty. But I am at peace. Were you ever in a situationship in your life? No, that's not no, my... It's we, always a relationship. Like, it's always been a relationship. Either, it ain't a situationship.
0: Either we just kicking it or we together. But that, like, great area... But gray just kicking area, it is not a
1: situationship?
0: No, because just kicking it is very understanding. And I don't expect nothing from you. And I have nothing to give to you. So... I mean, I think for her, there was an expectation she had for him to to fulfill something. There was a void there that she expected him to fill. And, you know, I think that that is a huge mistake. I commend her for being able to pick herself up, learning her worth and being able to walk away from that situation. But um, there's a big thing about a man can only do to you what you let him. So there's only so much back burner he can put you on, sis, if you keep going and sitting on the back burner. Like, you have to bust a move. And, you know, I, I know the term situationship is just not my jam. What about you? You ever been in a situationship? Um, I would say
1: maybe, yeah, I would consider a situation. I mean, I considered this one thing I had a situationship because with me and this guy, I've talked about him before. But it was always one of us in a relationship, you know, so when... I first met him. I was in a relationship, but we were cool. And then we got closer and closer because we will always speak. And then when I was finally able to move forward with him, he then got in a new relationship and then it just went back and forth. Like It, it was yeah. always like that. But our friendship kept growing over time. So I only consider it a situationship because we I feel like we've always wanted to be in a relationship with each other, but it's never been the right time. Yeah. And then also, like, so like one time we both were living in the same place and we were like, perfect. And then something happened with his job and he had to move. Like, it's always been something. Um, So I look at stuff like that, you know, because we were both single at that time. And it was like, okay, we're both going to be living in Atlanta. We're both single. We spoke about, you know, whatever we were going to do moving forward. Considering something. Yeah. Right. And like I said, the job situation happened. So I'm like, am I going to keep trying to force this? Because I feel like God will keep things away from you that low-key not meant for you. So if it was Absolutely. all these different, high key. yeah, high-key. So I don't know if it was just meant for us to be friends. Which we are so But see, I wouldn't call that a situationship. I would just
0: consider that, like, you know, you guys haven't found proper timing. A situationship would be um, he married and you messing around with him or he in limbo with his other situation
1: or baby mama stuff. But you don't think still speaking to each other while we're both in a relationship isn't kind of... That's called That's cheating. A sketchy. That's sketchy. called cheating on the person <laughs> no, that you But you don't have, I'm, we weren't having sex though.
0: You don't have that sex to cheat. Cheating is anything you wouldn't do if I was there. Cheating is physical to me. No, it is not.
1: <laughs>
0: if you go over to a man's house and put on a, a tidy and a teddy and start cooking him some dinner, don't touch him at all. In some negligee and cooking nah, But that's supposed got,
1: to be a naked. That's you like physical. you don't have
0: to touch. It is doing something that you would not do if your partner was there. It's a conversation. It's, okay, so we it's cheated. Any of that y'all <laughs> so, <cheating>. so <laughs> cheated. I want to know is anybody cheating up in your DMs? Are they oh single God. in your DM?
1: So this one guy, I don't know. I feel like I need to call the authorities. So he says uh-uh. his he name. What you do, girl. So first start it started off. What's good, baby? Love your voice. For real, for real. My name is such and such. I'm reaching out to you to uh-huh. see if you can help me and my team. Now check this out. This is what he started with. To find an R&B artist. And I want you on the rap side of the feature. This is straight business. And I got NFL money. <laughs> then he leaves his number. And he says, and I'll give you a finder's fee, a big check. Now, this was all business is what he said, right? Here's the follow-up. Right, right. what he said. Here's the follow-up. So sexy, baby. Natural beauty. I'm waiting on you, baby. Whenever you're ready. Good morning, baby. Let me cook you some breakfast. I'm waiting for you. I promise I'm coming. (laughs) FBI, send a request. FBI send a request. What is he talking about? Female body investigator,
0: FBI, send a request. Got it.
1: No, I'm gonna call the FBI on him. So you started off a business, and when that didn't work, you did what? You gave up and just did
0: this. Is he a producer? Does he want is he just was what 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 does he want to do? He looks like a rapping pimp. Next, move along. I'm sure there are others in your DM. <laughs> Who's next on the docket?
1: Okay, you are a very pretty lady. I am very okay. intrigued. Thanks for okay. sharing your world for me to view. I apologize for the men that you gave your time and energy to, and they disappointed you. Heart. Okay, I'm bored. That was
0: a no. That that. <laughs> I, I like him. It is very complimentary. It is very upbeat. It is acknowledging um, that you might have some guards up. And he knows that it's fine because men can be suckers. But girl, um, he's going to show you one that's not. I'm
1: not gonna him, low. I just clicked on his page. The first picture is him and a girl. <laughs> I'm tired of these DMs. They low-key disrespectful anyways. Like, I don't know what. Oh, look at this one guy. He just sent Uh me a DM. You are the PS5, two controllers in a juice box. (laughs) Yummy. (laughs) What does this mean? Is that good? (laughs) It's not funny. Hold on, say it again. Say it again. I hate this. (laughs) You are the PS5, two controllers in a juice box. (laughs) (laughs) Yummy. (laughs) That means you was a good time, girl. <laughs> I'm the fun girl. You
0: are, you are all he wanted for Christmas. That's all they wanted for Christmas was that PS5. You already know you are in high demand and lovable. I, I like him. His is <laughs> my, I, literally made me cry. His is my favorite. We can start with him because he did that. I hate Don't them. block him. And if he hits up again, please, can we read those next week? I
1: hate this portion. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, well, then they will slide into the next portion, which is my second favorite portion of the show. It okay. is the final question to Undress. Now, today's final question comes from advice from a F boy. We love this person, by the way. <laughs> I mean, keep putting them up there, baby, because we are saying them. So exactly. this one says, so ladies, at what age are you officially a cougar? Also- what is the age gap between a cougar and the guy that's getting cooged?
1: <laughs> Not cooged, Not cooged. That's my first time hearing that, cooged. So
0: at what age, Lo, are you a cougar? And what do you think is the youngest age for a guy that's, like, dating a cougar? Like, how young can you go? And at what age are you like, oh, she a cougar now?
1: So I think that it is like the difference in age, because if you're dating your age, then you can't ever be a cougar. So it's not going to. So it'll be like if you're dating somebody 10 years older than you, I feel like. So you okay. can be a 30 year old cougar if you're dating a 20 year old. Black China and Almighty J. She dated him when he was like about 20 or 19, I believe. Yeah. That's so she see, that's a cougar. Look at your face. Anything that makes you go like that, (laughs) that's a cougar. I'm so mad. (laughs) I'm
0: trying to understand, like, what am I going to do with a 20-year-old? For some reason, whenever I thought about a cougar, I thought about a woman that was at least 55 and over, and they're dating at least 10 years younger. I I never thought about being, you know, just, a regularly aged woman in your thirties and dating 10 years younger, I always for some reason, when I thought about a cougar, I thought about like big draws. I thought about like <laughs> bras that got zippers and snaps. You know used what I'm to, saying?
1: Like, see, I always used to think, I think the definition changed. Cause when I was younger, I used to think of cougar as just like a old woman that couldn't get nobody, but young guys, like, and the only the young guys wanted her okay. cause she was spending money on them. Like, that's what I used to think. When oh, I was oh young. so you
0: thinking of it? No, see, that's a sugar mama. A
1: fifty and a thirty year old is cougarish, like. This. Okay,
0: so okay, boom. I'm gonna give you one. Our good girl, Mary J. Blige. Now, Mary J. J. She a cougar a guy- off
1: top. She ain't got to date nobody in no her age. <laughs> <It's> rare. <laughs> she just looks like she. <laughs> She looked like a cougar, cool <laughs> huh? Like you just... the whole cat woman. <laughs> she won't let us call her auntie, but girl, we gonna call you cougar now. You,
0: can... <laughs> hi. You can't call her cougar. If you can't call her auntie. What's a younger cat? A
1: leopard. You... She a kitten.
0: She a kitten.
1: <laughs> girl, she ain't no kitten. I love me some Mary, but she ain't no. If she a kitten. You're an you?
0: embryo, baby. You're still in the little <laughs> fetus. Yeah. Now you are listening to The Undressing Room <laughs> Podcast. And that was our final question to undress. Now, <laughs> if you want your question to be undressed, do us a favor. Follow us over on Instagram at The Undressing Room Podcast and DM us for your chance to be featured.
1: You're listening to the Undress and podcast presented by Macy's. Check out our personal Macy's shopping page at Macy's.com slash the undress. Dressing room and that's gonna be it for us, right, Eva? That's it for us, but guess what? We'll see you back here
0: next week, right? Next Thursday. We'll be right that's back. Right. to Get undressed. We'll be here. The Undressing Room Podcast, presented by Macy's, is an Urban One Reach Media Production, hosted by the one, the only, Eva Marcel and L'Oreal.
1: Executive produced by Kobe Cole Tyner Associated Producer Alexis Felder, editing and production by Dunkus, Sales and Corporate Partnership, Josh Romani. Michelle Marino and Kadesha Campbell. Research, Laurie Hall Flowers, Digital Marketing, Sam Styers, J.R. Davis, and Tim Hall. Digital Creative, Alvin Francis.
0: Content provided by MadamNoir.com, bossom.com, and hiphopwire.com. Stay connected at theundressingroompod.com. See you at the next episode.